Hey everyone, I'm Randy. And I'm Josh. And this is A New Approach, a podcast about challenging the status quo, embracing new ideas, and taking a new approach to age-old problems. On this week's episode of A New Approach, I welcome Jonathan Carr to the podcast. Jonathan is the creator and host of The Upcoming, a podcast designed to provide a platform for everyday, exceptional people as they chart their path to the top of their field. As a writer, Jonathan believes that everyone has a story to tell, and he wants The Upcoming to be your place to tell it. Today, we discuss his motivations behind the upcoming, explore his changing views on AI's role in creative industries, and glean valuable insights on navigating the unique challenges faced by young professionals today. Please join us for a conversation that bridges the gap between human creativity and technological innovation and highlights the resilience and adaptability that's at the core of professional growth. Josh, you ready? Let's get into it. Good morning, Jonathan. Thank you so much for being here with me. It's such a pleasure to have you on. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for this opportunity, Randy. It's just a pleasure to be on your show. I've heard your episodes and you and Josh, you guys are really great, just awesome hosts and I've enjoyed what you had to put out. I appreciate that. That's very kind. I had to return the favor. Thank you for having me on your podcast. The upcoming was actually the very first podcast that I've ever been on. And that was really exciting. So I appreciate it. Really? I was your first, huh? You were my first. <laughs> yes. I wouldn't have thought that you were just, when you came on my show and when you were able to tell your story and like what you do with your company, I was just like, oh man, this guy, he must have done like a hundred of these already. Definitely not. I just talked too much, which is why we decided to start the podcast. It was like, hey, if you're going to bug the rest of the team this much, we might as well monetize it. Again, thank you for coming. You've done a lot of incredible work providing a platform with the upcoming for young and, as the name suggests, up-and-coming professionals to showcase their skills and their story. But for audience members who aren't familiar with the upcoming, what is the show? What do you do? All right. So the upcoming is the perfect place to catch the best and brightest on their way to the top. There, I am interviewing people who are definitely like, typically like 18 to 36 year olds. Here I'm interviewing whether you're a doctor, lawyer, entrepreneur, or whatever your profession is. I reach out to you and I interview you to see what's your story. Like, where did you come from? How did you choose to go into the field you're in? What have you learned from the field you're in? And what do you want going forward to do with your career? So you're not where you want to be yet, but you're getting there. So it's just about what's been your journey so far. When you make it big, you can look back on it and be like, yeah, I'm so glad you know I was able to tell my story. Yeah. There's a reason why your podcast was one of the first ones that I wanted to be on. It's that you have consistently decided to focus on regular, everyday people who, in your words, haven't, quote unquote, made it yet. And I think there tends to be a focus in podcasting on getting the biggest names possible for reach and for growing your content. But I think that overlooks the millions of voices who for most everyday people are probably more relevant and actually have more helpful things to say. Is that part of the inspiration for starting the upcoming podcast or what pushed you to do this? Yeah, it is. That was the inspiration, the upcoming, because I wanted to have conversations with people that I knew hadn't been there yet. And I first got that inspiration when I recorded my first episode 
So that happened February 26, 2022. I was still a senior in college. And a friend of mine had just finished a, a short film, and I wanted to ask him about that. And I, I sat him down, we talked for a little bit, and I just got to interview him on his passions, his artistic style, and of course, obviously about the short film and what inspired that. But the more questions I asked, the more I really began to love just doing that, just being able to interview people. There's something about just being able to hear a person's life or about their influences, just what drives them that is so satisfying. It's and it's so just enjoyable. What do you feel like it is that's satisfying for you? Is it the process of learning or? One of my biggest hobbies is meeting new people. I'm a strong believer in everybody has a story to tell. When I'm sitting down with you, when I'm shaking your hand, when I'm like introducing myself, hearing you introduce yourself, I'm already learning so much about you. And then when we sit down, we actually talk. Yeah. You're, and you're just telling me like where you're from, what you do. It's just, I just want to hear more mm. because it's the equivalent of reading a short book. So much we have in common, things we won't have in common, but we can still respect each other for it. It makes life definitely a lot less lonely too. When you are able to connect with somebody and just hear the story, let them tell yours. Cause that's what it's all about. What being sociable is all about making life a little more enjoyable through storytelling and through just connection. Yeah, it's there's no question that it's a fundamental part of the human experience. Right. And I know that my favorite podcasts like yours are ones where it feels like a it's a genuine conversation, not like a late night show where you've got five minutes and there's a clear goal and you just have to tell a couple funny stories. I want to circle back on something that you said at the beginning of your answer, which was you feel like everyone has a story to tell. I love that. It's so true. And that is also a fundamental part of the human experience. Right. Is telling stories is these these narratives that we build around our own lives and the lives of other people. In what ways do you feel like your story, your own career path, has really influenced the direction of this podcast? I started off first as a writer, and I definitely feel that my interviewing has been influenced by that because I always try to be creative with how I ask questions and just not never be basic, really. Mm -hmm. Always try to go deeper. So that's what I try to do in my writing, just go further. And that was, it helped best when I was studying Purchase College, studying creative writing, where I'm able to meet these authors and these journalists and be able to just ask them about their books or their magazine articles and just get deeper with it. A few authors would come by. I remember one came for a Q&A and I asked her, what, how much of yourself do you see in your characters? And she was able to say, I see pretty much all of me in my characters. And she went out further, went on to explain why. And and she remembered me, the person who asked that. And yeah. I remember twice, another another guy, this uh, poet, twice he came and twice I asked him questions. And twice the professor told me that he commented about them, said how good they were. So that was just another indicator that I really could go into something like podcasting just being able to talk to people because it wasn't just, it wasn't just the enjoyment of meeting new people and hearing them talk about themselves. It was also just the need to go further on it with what I'm yeah. saying, and with what I'm doing. 
So you gotta go. You gotta go higher. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, stagnation is uh, death in in all things, right? In nature, in the economy, for better or for worse. Now you're not quite at fifty episodes yet, but you're very close. That's super exciting. And as you said, it's really not just about sitting down in front of a mic and talking to someone. Right. It's the research, it's the scheduling and the editing and the networking and the marketing and a whole lot more. What have some of your biggest challenges been over the course of building this podcast? Because you've put it out weekly for a little bit over a year now, right? A little bit over a year, yeah. Yeah. So tell me about that if you can. The biggest challenge was learning everything. Mm. I remember I I spent months with the first episode just archives because I didn't know how to edit the episodes. I was still learning how to do that. Also learning, like trying to find a good platform too, because for a time I was using Zoom, but if we were like able to um, find a venue together, I used the uh, recording app on my phone. So just the quality would sound a little bit better. And for episode five, I think the quality sounded really good because I was just in the perfect, perfect scenario. But the problem was also learning how to promote it because yeah. I was never good at social media. I've only really been good on LinkedIn, but still mm. I couldn't just rely on the one. So yeah. it was learning like, okay, how do I promote this both virtually through social media, but also in person through word of mouth. That was actually my favorite way of promoting the podcast because yeah. the more I connect with, the more people learn about it. And I knew those folks would like definitely want to follow for more, but also I would also try to rely on some traditional advertising through flyers, through, you know, posters, also just figuring out, okay, who would want to follow this and who would want to be on it? Yeah. And that's been one of my biggest focuses. Okay. Who is someone that has what it takes to be on the show, but who would want to be on the show and who would want to just simply follow it? Cause I'm everybody doesn't want to be on a podcast. Everybody doesn't want that publicity. So I'm like, okay, that's fine. If you like this kind of content and then you want to, you know, resonate with somebody on the show, then by all means follow it. Here's the link. And it reminds you, I'm still by myself doing all, learning all this on my own. Yeah. It's a lot. But, yeah. But it was a challenge, but it was a challenge I enjoyed because I knew it was getting me somewhere. As you said, one of the hardest things was learning all of that for the first time, especially branching into something that you'd never done before. That is a very relatable challenge for anyone, either entering an industry that they want to be in for the first time or switching industries, anyone really trying something new. What have you learned from consistently outputting this much content over the last year? What are some of the key takeaways from being your own boss and creating something out of nothing? I've learned that time management is absolutely key because Mm -hmm. I'm doing this on a weekly basis, getting as many episodes out as I can. So I had to focus on, okay, how many people have I reached out to? Who's said yes? Who's left me in the dark? People who said yes. Okay, here's the schedules. Are you good for this time? And making sure it stays within schedule for the next episode. And then comes the interviewing that part's easy but i also have to manage my time with that because upcoming episodes typically go from 45 minutes to an hour so i gotta always be wary of okay how many minutes have gone by then i gotta look at how much time is it going to take to edit this are there any shortcuts or any ways i can edit this out quicker and then okay i'm scheduling them typically for 7 p.m eastern time on sundays ben it's got to be out it's got to sound good 
we mm-hmm. the best we possibly can. And so it's all about making time for each and every little, little detail of the process. I noticed that you said that the interviewing part was easy. Do you feel like it's because it comes naturally to you? Was it always easy? I know for me, as a sociable person and someone who maybe hasn't done almost 50, but still 10 episodes, and we've got lots of upcoming guests in the very near future, it's still challenging or maybe scary to be talking with people that I don't know, that we don't really have a a previous relationship with, but that I'm trying to extract insights from as well as provide a platform for. Do you still get like nervous at least? Or what is the interviewing process or buildup like for you? Funnily enough, I never found it scary. Hmm. I always found it exciting. It's Hmm. and the interviewing after the first episode, the interviewing did it did come naturally to me. Nice. Because I've always because I always have a bunch of questions to ask before I meet them. And so it does make it easier. I will also confess I've a lot of the guests on my show I have known over the years. I have met known over the years, so it was it also made that a little bit easier to talk to them because I already knew them, and yeah. I I knew what they were doing, and I wanted them to you know have that just have that that good press, just really be able to be like, hey, I was on this, follow me, and check out the episode. So just yeah. give them that platform. Yeah, I love that you're not doing this for you. It seems pretty clear that you're really doing this from a deep place of wanting to provide a platform for young professionals in particular, but really anyone that has a story to tell to have a way to do it. Yeah, they deserve it. Absolutely. Because I've met people who have gotten like 4.0s in school, who have been presidents of clubs, who have just worked really hard in their endeavors, folks who have released albums and EPs and are like doing mini tours, people who have set up and launched their own companies. So you guys definitely deserve all the publicity you can get. I grew up watching The Office. How about you? Uh, I have watched a few episodes of The Office, yeah. I bring that up because the whole point of that show at the end was that if you look at anything long enough, if you're willing to ask questions and take a unique perspective on something, then literally anything is interesting. Anything has a story. And so they chose this quote unquote, regular old office building, this regular random paper company. Granted, it's a fictional series, but I remember resonating with that growing up because I felt very much the same way, especially as somebody with ADHD. I had a million questions like you about about everything. And so I love that you are building a platform to be able to do that for people, to be able to share their own stories. How do you think platforms like yours might have an impact on the landscape for young professionals or really anyone trying to find their way in an industry or a field? My hope is that it motivates them to continue going on the field they're most passionate about. Even Mm -hmm. if they're on a field they don't want to be in, like maybe they are going to a medicine field, but they really thought about being an engineer because they've always been like good with numbers and machines. Then I have an engineer on board and they're just like, yeah, just keep pushing, keep you know, following your dreams. Hopefully that motivates them to be like, okay, you know what? Enough med school. I want to be an engineer. And they just go forward with it. So it's not just giving people on my show just a good platform to speak on, just giving them good publicity. It's also about motivating the people 
who haven't been on the show, I want that to resonate with them so they can be able to continue doing what they love or move to doing what they really enjoy, really want to do. I love that. And I think that is critically important. It's really hard to imagine a future for yourself or to see yourself doing something if you can't find anyone that you like identify with in a certain way, also doing that same thing. And so what the upcoming can do is provide a platform where no matter who you are or what you want to do, you are more than likely to find someone who's doing something similar. And that can be a huge source of inspiration for you. It definitely has been for me. That's for sure. That's good to hear. Yeah, man, this is all about, like you said, it's all about them. It's all about just giving them that motivation to keep doing it. And plus, the people I interview, I hope that they're motivated too, because this shows that they're being recognized, that they're able to talk about themselves. And I've had guests, you know, just go on Instagram or social media or tell their friends, like, I I had the best interview ever, or it's like, you got to get on the show. It's really amazing. So I've had yeah. people reach out to me, be on the show from others who told them about it. So I'm just That's like, great. yeah, all means you can come on too. Exactly. So speaking of which, you bring a lot of exceptionally talented people onto the show. What have some of the particularly memorable episodes been for you? And was it the guests themselves or what they do or a topic of discussion that really makes it stand out? I love episode one because that's where it all began. That's where sure. the motivation got started. I love that episode. But honestly, I've had so many good episodes. It's hard to really pick like a you know, particular favorite. I will admit, though, I do love interviewing writers simply because I'm a writer myself. So naturally, I love hearing how they you know write their stories or their books or whatever. Yeah. And I also I love interviewing artists, really. Like just mm. people in art, period. I, I do love that because it's... Like I said, being a writer myself, it's just great hearing how, because art is so vital to society, so unbelievably yeah. vital, that I want to say, okay, how do you create your content? How do you like just structure it? So when it's time for release, people are moved by it. People want to continue following you. Always my thinking when interviewing artists. As for people in the, in the fields of medicine or engineering, those are actually the bigger challenges because since I have so little to do with those kind of areas, I have to really do my research thinking about, okay, like how does this, this field impact you as a person? So you're able to learn something uh, from yeah. what you do. So that's what's helped me in, let's say, episode 14 with Sky Harrell, fantastic guest, or you know, episode 10 with Avon Keikos, who's you know, in med school, it's, yeah, so those, the complicated ones definitely are the most challenging, but still worth it in the end. Have you found that for those maybe more STEM focused or technically focused guests, you still find similarities when it comes to creativity? I do. If I know for me, I, I always considered myself a more creative person than a technical person. I'm not sure if we talked about it on the podcast but I actually originally went to school for film and television, yeah. and I wanted to be a screenwriter. First, I wanted to be a videographer and then a screenwriter, and then I slowly pushed further and further away from the actual creative side. But I find myself relying on what I learned now when I am fine-tuning AI models of ours, and I'm writing these data sets, and I'm teaching an AI how it needs to speak and act and what it needs to feel like. I'm thinking back to my screenwriting days when I'm creating characters 
And it's honestly quite similar. So now I'm in a quote unquote technical field, but the way that we are having a differentiating approach to what it is that we do is that we're bringing these really creative, more human elements to this very technical field. I imagine you found the same to be true for a lot of your guests in their fields. Because at the end of the day, again, that's the human experience, right? It, it is creativity. It's just in a different medium. That's true. Yeah, I was actually, it is true because I actually was talking about creativity with Sky Harrell. You guys got to check that out. Like I said, amazing guest. And we, I was mentioning like creativity and you know, artistry within his engineering field, because when you think about it, somebody had a vision when they designed like the Leaning Tower or the Eiffel Tower or madison square garden or the or the brooklyn bridge like yeah. they, or even the golden gate bridge like somebody built this with an artistic vision in mind and that's yeah. been happening since pretty much the dawn of mankind from the yeah. statues and ruins it's all about art in some kind of way so i was talking to him and just like hearing how he uh, describes art and just it's truly incredible to see art take place in almost every aspects of a career because even if you're doing something technical you know that it came from an artistic vision in a way from a company to a car the way i see it like people people like to assume artists just for writers or for filmmakers or you know musicians that's not true it's just not art literally is life that's going to be the marketing snippet right there it's just that sentence Now, Jonathan, you're in a pretty unique position because I know you're not quite at 50 episodes, but you're pretty close. And along all of those episodes, you've had some pretty deep discussions with up-and-coming professionals from all different industries. Regardless of their industry, what have you found to be some of the most consistent challenges that young professionals are facing nowadays? And their fields are always going to be faced with a lot of rejections. A lot of times where life's going to push them down. I remember episode six with Emma Steen. She was applying to be in this music conservatory and she recorded her demo. She sang her heart out. She put so much time and energy into singing and preparing it. And when it came through, they hadn't even read her application. She did all that first time pretty much for nothing because they didn't even get to see it so, wow. but it didn't stop her you know she applied again she kept going eventually she got in i remember another instance there's going to be a lot of balancing your life with what you want to do so he had to balance you know taking care of uh, his family looking out for his family while also preparing his studies and he was going to ucla so he was dealing with a lot at the time, but it's all about finding a good balance. So it's like handling rejections, balancing out your life, and also just expecting the unexpected because something's going to come up that you could never have seen coming. And when it does, you're like, okay, how can I you know, either adapt to this or move on from it? Wow. Yeah. 
And those are the most inspiring stories, right? We like to think that we enjoy the overnight success stories because they're fun and they're cute. But the reality about every overnight success story is that they leave out the first 10 chapters, which is the five years prior of the grinding and the working your absolute butt off and the rejections over and over before finally an overnight success finally looks like an overnight success. And another thing, I've been seeing yeah. a lot of these videos on social media lately where people are just like, bro, like... I'm 24. At the age I'm at, Oprah Winfrey was like struggling, was getting fired from jobs. She was like trying, barely making ends meet. Vera Wang didn't design her first dress till she was 40. Like Samuel Jackson yeah. didn't become an actor till he was like in his, I think it was like mid 40s or something. And a lot of celebrities did not make it till much later in life. Stop feeling like it's right now or never. Yeah. yeah. It thinks will come. Time is crucial. Everything takes time. Everything takes time and a lot more time than you think as well. That That's something that I've had to learn with Anu is I was laid off in either late March or early April. I can't even remember at this point. And my goal was that by the middle of summer, so in just a few months, I would be able to have a MVP out, have all the funding that I needed. That was just not realistic looking back, right? Hindsight 2020. It was me and one other person at the time building this, having, honestly... Not much of an idea of what we were doing. Having expertise in the problem, sure, but not expertise in the product or the solution that we were trying to build. And you know what? Another thing, when you came onto my when you came onto my show and you explained the process of building a new to me, you brought yeah. up an excellent, excellent lesson. People have to understand you have to be willing to make sacrifices. Because mm-hmm. you told me that you were telling your family, Hey, this is how long I'm gonna be doing this and I'll be available when this is over, when that's over. But till then, like I'm fully focused on booked. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you had to make sacrifices in your time and where you're going to, where you want to go, but you're working towards it. So that's important. Thank you. I'm glad that I was able to provide some good feedback. I'm learning from my previous self, it seems, because every few weeks, something not so great will happen. The universe will try to say no, and I'll have to find a way around that. And it's really easy, especially as a young first-time entrepreneur to get discouraged. And not just as an entrepreneur, but as anyone trying to do something new or something that they've never done before. doesn't matter how many people have done it before you. For you, it always feels like the first time. And I keep forgetting my own advice, which is you have to be prepared to make a lot of those sacrifices. Because even my partner and I love one another. We're engaged. We're getting ready to get married. I have no source of income. We're going to be fine. Things are okay. But it's a huge risk. That's a lot to ask of her. And it's a lot to ask of my family to be able to, well, to not be able to participate in things that I've normally participated in, to have my time being devoted somewhere else. It's definitely, it's definitely a challenge. But speaking of challenges, in talking with all of these guests, have they been able to identify for you some like really unique or, or creative ways or new approaches? to overcoming a lot of those consistent challenges? A lot of them have been able to, well, I know for a fact that you can't do what you're doing by yourself. Mm-hmm. You have like mentors, you have yeah. you know, friends, you have family who can help you get there, then always keep them close and always let them know you appreciate what they're doing. But two, definitely be willing to make a change in, in yourself. And I don't mean just like in making sacrifices or scheduling out your life like you were doing this but now you're focused on this like being willing to 
go above and beyond yourself, like learning a new skill or yeah. going like you're on a different path, like learning to adapt and like just changing yourself in so many different ways. Because this is going to be th things that you don't see coming, but you still take what you learned prior and see how you can apply it, whatever part of it, to the new stage of your life you're in. Do your research, stay close to your community, the people, your support team, and always be willing to always be willing to learn, always willing to stay yeah. on your toes and keep keep pressing forward. Yeah, I, I think that's huge. It's true, as the saying goes, if you want something you've never had, you have to do something that you've never done. And if you're just trying to keep doing the same thing over and over, you know, persistence is one thing, right? And grit is another to be able to say, this is what I'm doing, sticking with it. But being flexible and agile and being able to adapt or, or pivot, as entrepreneurs might say, in order to get what you want, you have to be willing to do that. And if you're not going to change yourself, then the world certainly isn't going to change for you to make it easier. If anything, the world is going to continue to make it more and more difficult. So you're going to have to grow and evolve. And it's my belief that not enough people are given the tools that they need to do that, nor the support. You talk about know who's in your corner and rely on that support system. Far too many people don't have that support system. Or if they do, those people might be there to say, I love you, I support you, I want you to succeed, but they don't have the experience or the expertise to be able to actually help in a hands-on way. And as that's in, in part what we're building with the new. But I don't want to talk about that right now. I want to talk about you. You've had, like I said, the benefit of learning from all of these people and their stories. Have you found in hearing their stories that your perspective on something or your approach to a problem or opportunity has been shifted because of what you've learned from these conversations? Actually, yeah, I have. It's inspired me definitely to focus even more on the business side of what I do as a writer because mm. everything is art, but everything is also a business too. So you've got to focus on, okay, how am I going to get this out? Who's going to enjoy it? How am I going to be able to make an impact? I was already like thinking about the business side of it, but now it's gone up even more. It's just the interest in that. Another thing is also that with my guests prior and with you, I've definitely come to be more open-minded about AI and try to do my own, try to oh. look more into it and try to like definitely think more about it. Like before I was afraid, but now I'm just thinking, okay, okay, how can this help? How can, what do I have to um, be wary of? So it's definitely caught me to be more open-minded about the world. And about Interesting. Social yeah. issues because everything will always have two sides to it. With politics, with these crazy wars going on, with mm -hmm. even like with choices of what restaurant to go to, there's always going to be two sides. Yeah. So. Yeah, I appreciate that. I think it's really important. I also have had to... I've been obsessed with AI since a, a pretty young age when it was just a science fiction concept before it had such a pervasive impact on all of our lives. But you said that you were afraid of it before. Do you feel like that gut reaction of fear and that it's a threat is really heightened in the creative industry? Because especially now with large language models, writing is something that these tools now excel in. And so it almost feels like a competitor. Like, where did the fear come from, if you don't mind me asking? I was just reading up and watching videos on, like, how AI was advancing, mm. how it was slowly coming to, so it's to reflect the human mind, human human voice. 
So I was thinking to myself, like, oh no, what could this mean for for people? Because mm. we have we already have statistics of people in America like dumbing down, tension spans decreasing, less people reading books, more time on social media, less productivity amongst the younger generation. So it's just like, oh no, like how could will AI mean in this with everything going on right now? And then as a writer and all the talks of studios trying to utilize AI to write screenplays, I was like, oh no, what could that mean for people yeah. in the creative field? So it yeah. definitely was already up when I had people some of my guests come on who have negative thoughts on AI, but when I talked to you, Randy, a bit more about it, and I was thinking like, okay, maybe it's not totally bad, but I still had my, still had my doubts, still had my fears, but I was like, okay, let's see what can AI do that can genuinely be of good use. And I actually yeah. saw that a little bit, I got samples of that on a Riverside platform that you and I use when it utilize AI to help with the episode production yeah but still there's so many questions i have so i was just like okay you know what it's okay to ask questions it's okay yeah. to want to look for answers so let's keep asking questions yeah it's important that we have these conversations with anything that has uh, such a large potential to impact humanity it's really important that we have those discussions and I'm glad you and I have been able to have that open discussion. And I hope that more people do in their daily lives. Yeah. Speaking of AI and kind of your perspectives changing or, or evolving on it, you, you got an in-person sneak peek of a new recently. I know it was a limited interaction, but what did you think? What was that like for you? Baffling at first. I'm not going to lie. I was totally like dumbstruck with what you were able to uh, show me. I'm still thinking about like how your assistant was, was able to talk to me. I was just like, oh my God, this is so weird. But I can definitely see it coming from because you're focused on bettering people through the use of AI so that we yeah. can increase productivity, build good habits, just improve our lives and change things for the better. So I 100% respect and support that. So I was happy to try it out for, um, when you showed it to me. When I first used it, I will admit, I was like, it, it was going to take some getting used to. Because sure. I was just used to relying on myself or relying on others to go forward. Yeah. It was a pleasure to be able to give you a sneak peek and introduce you to Atlas. And keep in mind, that's just my personal AI, Josh, co-founder. His is different. It talks differently. It responds differently because each one is designed with its own unique personality around that of its user. I don't want to see a future where everyone is plugging into the exact same tool. I like think that. that it needs to be democratized and personalized and needs to be hyper-specific to every single person. Then that's the way that we can help ensure that for individuals, it's used in the best way for them. I can't wait for you to have your own navigator in the near future. I know a lot of other people are building like passive assistants and we're building a relationship. Yeah. They're building a product or a service, something that really feels like a tool. And we're focused on building a trusted partner. Did that come across while you were interacting? Yeah, it did actually. Because I even remember asking about it when you came on to the show and I was asking you like how you were going to set yourself apart from OpenAI and ChatGPT. And you, you just said that, building the relationship through um, AI, you were, you were all about self-improvement through those relationships, through their time with their assistants. 
that yeah. they could genuinely feel a change instead of just seeing it as a mere tool. This is truly to their benefit. And you want to continue building that relationship and just learning more and being able to do more. So yeah, that's what I got from us meeting in person. Just the passion you had for contributing to people's lives. That was definitely something I absolutely respected about what you were trying to do. In that time since you interacted with Atlas, how have you seen yourself maybe thinking about ways that you might use this in your own life? I would use it to help me with my good habits because I've been trying to build good habits. Getting up early, trying to um, work out first, scheduling uh, my day where it's okay, creative pursuits in the morning, the most important things in the afternoon, and then whatever else comes in the evening. Like that's, and then also trying to, you know, go back to habits I used to have. I used to play keyboards. I used to practice piano. I was like, I want to get back on that. Pick up um, a book I haven't gotten to read yet. So I would definitely use it um, to help you know, remind me and keep uh, keep me accountable for that. Yeah, that's great to hear. That's going to be the case very soon. We hope to have some uh, exciting news for everybody in the very near future. But enough about that. This is not a marketing podcast. Let's talk about the future of the upcoming what do you want to see from the next 50 episodes? I want to see a thousand, no, 2,000 more people hearing it and okay. being absolutely inspired by what they're listening to. I want I want my reach to go not just like in the States, but across other countries. And that has actually happened. I've had people from India, people from Dubai, from just different places come to the show and just ask to be on. And I want to go even further from that. I want to interview people who are in France, who are in England, who are in Canada, Brazil. Come time, one day, the upcoming's influence will be just going international. Like everyone around the world will know the upcoming and kids all around the world can be inspired and continue to pursue their passions because there's so many kids who need to hear what some of my guests have to say who are in the same field, kids who want to be in the same field as them. And my guests will be there to tell them like, hey, this is how I did it. It was hard, but I made it through and I'm going to keep going. So those kids will be like, you know what? I'm going to keep going and someday I'll be on the upcoming too, talking about it. Yeah, I'm sure they will be. What do you feel like some of the benefits of a podcast are? Because there's also LinkedIn, right? There's social media. There are lots of other mediums through which young professionals can share their expertise. Why might it be more beneficial to listen to a podcast episode with that person as opposed to just simply following them on social media? Much more value rather than just following someone on social media because there you're actually hearing the conversation. You're hearing them give their take on something. It's mm. super important. It's, it just help, helps with listening. You got to hear what they have to say, because it's not enough to just follow on social media. You got to know like why you're following me on social media, why I'm worth like you know, liking my photos or whatever. It's the upcoming is here for a reason. And that reason is extremely important. Lovely. Now, I know we can't share too much quite yet, but I think there is a little bit of exciting news about a new approach and the upcoming collaborating together. Is there any quick tease that you want to give about that? Stay tuned because with Randy, Josh, and myself, we are going to give you something beautiful. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of really cool new stuff. 
and we can't wait to get more and more people involved. Those who are listening to this, if you are working your way to be a professional doctor, lawyer, salesman, businessman, singer, whatever, or you want to start a business like uh, Randy's doing, keep going. Find people. If you don't have someone in your circle, doesn't mean you won't ever. Just be willing to reach out, look for meetups, look for places where you can find someone you can trust. Build your support circle if you don't have one. Always be willing to learn. Always keep going, no matter what people say. And always always stay true to yourself and your values and what you really want in your life. You, you still got so much further to go, but it's worth it. Randy, I got to say thank you so much for having me on. I love how it's Cam Full Circle. You got to come on my show and now I'm on yours. It's definitely been a pleasure being able to talk with you again. And I just can't wait to see what a new approach and a new as in store next. Yes, likewise. Have a lovely weekend. And that's a wrap. As Jonathan teased in this episode, A New Approach and The Upcoming will be collaborating on some exciting content in the coming weeks, so make sure to stay tuned for that. Please subscribe to The Upcoming as well as A New Approach, and send this episode over to someone you know who might be considering starting a podcast of their own. If you are interested in being on The Upcoming, you can reach out directly to Jonathan. His details are in the episode description. Lastly, thank you to our patient supporters on the A New waitlist. What we're building is important, and it matters to us that we get things right. So stay tuned and sign up if you aren't already. You can do so at www.anew.ai. As always, thanks for listening. Now I should probably get back to work.